Welcome to the Competitive Mindset Podcast. Each interview, we talk to leaders who differentiate themselves and achieve high levels of performance through the lens of motivation, competitiveness, and mindset. These conversations lead to thought-provoking idea sharing and growth accompanied by entertaining storytelling. Welcome along on our journey to lifelong learning, improved performance, and a look inside the competitive mindset. Brian, welcome back to the podcast. Billy, it is great to be here. I, I feel honored to be a, a two-time guest. Like, man, this is it's on the Mount Rushmore of accomplishments for me, I'll be honest. Well, hopefully we can live up to that legacy you're building for yourself. So some people may know that from the last episode, you run this basketball tournament in South Carolina called The Bash, which has been tremendously helpful in the event, but you as a resource to me in running the 608 basketball tournament. So we connect and share ideas and thoughts and, and, and ways to improve things because we're always looking for improvement. So share with us what happened with your event this year, and then we're going to talk about that and see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, it's 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 an honor to to share ideas and what a world we live in that we've never, you and I have never met in person. And yet we talk often about, hey, what are you doing with this? Well, how, how are you doing this? What do you think? And uh, so it's it's neat to be able to share ideas, and it's 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 cool to be able to steal some of your ideas too. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So this year, uh, our tenth year for the event, and I decided on Monday just to get really sick, and you know, just come down with COVID. And uh, with the event starting on a Thursday, uh, it was December the fifteenth. We started the fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth. So, so I decided to come into work and. Uh, feel like garbage on Monday and leave a few hours later. And then uh, fast forward to uh, Wednesday, which is our big setup day. We're putting together the hospitality room, setting up signs in the gym all over the road on hard scrabble at Ridgeview High School in Columbia, South Carolina. And I wasn't there for any of it. And then I uh, didn't feel well enough and wasn't out of my protocol to be able to come back on Thursday for the first day of the event. And so to be able to uh, be sitting at my kitchen island with my laptop and my iPad and all of my checklists and just trying my best to be of service from a distance while my team, Joe, everybody at Ridgeview, all of our USC interns and Ridgeview students just ran it. And oh my goodness, like I tell you, Billy, it's uh, I had a, a buddy of mine tell me years ago, he said, Brian, things typically run better when uh when i get the heck out of the way and he was talking about his business and i'll be honest it, it looked great and i got a lot of great feedback from coaches for that thursday and uh i decided to come back friday i felt well enough to come back friday and saturday but wow what what a what an experience to be able to run a national event just from my kitchen <laughs> so let's let's go way back then to the inception of this year's event Tell us about how involved you are on the planning end of the event as far as teams, logistics with things that go on. Yeah, so with, with picking the teams, uh, typically we try to get anywhere from 13. We've had up to 17, I think 18 teams one year uh, over the course of three days. And we're a showcase, so it makes it a little bit different. Um so I'm heavily involved in, in picking those teams, and I'm the one that makes that that final decision. I, uh, I use the verbiage that we have a committee, and I've got some folks down here that are really connected when it comes to uh, knowing really good teams, knowing really good players, and knowing good coaches. 
And so I lean heavily on them. But so I'm, I'm the one that, that picks those and makes that final uh, determination. And then when it comes to uh, the logistics of everything, I've, I have a master list that I honestly, I'm, I don't know how to really do this with, with your listeners, but I'm happy to talk about it with them. I think I've shared it with you and it's actually grown uh, probably to 13 pages now of just everything from when the event ends in December, in this case, the, the 17th, what do we do on the 18th? Okay. It's, Hey, we're, we're paying these bills here on the, we're doing all this and then leading all the way up until uh, the following December. So uh, I hope I'm answering your question, right? So just really heavily involved in, in the logistics and I've learned in, in year 10 to, to, to pass things off. I'm still not perfect, Billy Kegler, but I, I've gotten a lot better at passing things off to, in this case, our, our social media team. We have a, shoot, we had about six or seven folks that were doing our social media this year, where it used to be me and a couple other guys and Joe just running around like, oh, let's take a picture. We got to take a picture. And so to being able to pass some of those logistical things off has been really helpful. So you mentioned your team when you know, the day before the event starts and you weren't able to be there and they went out and took care of things. How have you developed that team over the course of your event? What's the life cycle of that look like? Gosh, great question. I, you know, every year, it's one of my most favorite things that we do. Probably the most favorite thing that I do in my job is when the event ends on Saturday night, we clean everything up and then we all pile into my office where it's USC interns, and I'm talking about the University of South Carolina has a sport and sport management de uh, department down there. So I get interns from there, uh, uh, volunteers from Ridgeview, Joe, who used to be with Bojangles that helps still run the event. And we all just talk about like, all right, what went well? Uh, why do you keep coming to this event? Because we have repeat people that just keep coming back and wanting to help out. And so to answer your question, I, I can't I can't claim that it's me. It's all of us just co-creating this, honestly, Billy, this loving interchange of just everybody coming together and being very focused on what we're doing. We're very clear about our mission is we want to take care of the players, the coaches and the fans. So every year when I have my first intern meeting, I talk about that. I hammer that home, players, coaches, fans. And then we go get to the event like, hey, we want to players, coaches, fans. You know, when the coach walks in, we're going to walk them to their locker room. We're not just going to point to the corner and say, hey, your locker room's down there. Good luck. You know, which happens a lot in events around the country. Um, and so to answer your question, I hope I'm answering your question. We've been able to co-create that by just really caring about what we're doing and then really caring about each other. I had, had a lady that has, has volunteered your last couple of years. And I asked her, I said, why do you keep coming back? And she said, essentially, like the way I'm treated, like everybody here treats me so well. You treat me so well. Uh, I want to keep coming back and being around great people. And I'm like, OK, well, let's do it again. <laughs> and so that's that's how we've been able to do that. And it's interesting because I had this vision in my mind of of you on your island. You sent me a picture of your your uh, war station, we'll call it. So as you're trying to delegate virtually, essentially, when things are going on, was there one moment where you thought this is going to all fall apart and it's not going to work? <laughs> I don't think there was one moment. Um, no, because I, I really I trusted everybody in place. I mean, I've talked about Joe. Joe Pollock is 
He's a saint. Oh my goodness. He loves running events too. We're kindred spirits in that way. Uh, I laugh though. when you asked that question as we got close to game one. And one of the things that's not on the checklist is where is the scorebook? The scorebook is in a box on a shelf. And Joe, <laughs> Joe texted me and said, uh, game's about to start. Where's the scorebook? And I'm like, I know exactly where it is, and I, I can tell you, but it might take you a few minutes. Anyway, finally, the, the scorebook was found, but I never th- I never felt like anything was going to be a catastrophe because, I mean, Billy, we've done this thing. I'm not saying it's old hat, but we've done it for 10 years. Um, my principal has been in place for a long time. She was there. Everybody kind of has an idea of the flow. They may not have an idea of all the minutiae, that we do to make the teams feel special and the coaches and the players and everybody feel special uh, or where the scorebook is. But um, I never felt like it was going to fall apart, but that did make me laugh when I got that text. <laughs> yeah. There's so many of those things that I have too, that in, we just finished year two that I continue to write things on my checklist. And I'm like, if I wasn't here, they would have no clue where to find X, Y, Z or how to do X, Y, Z if this were to happen. In any case, uh, I am really intrigued by the idea of you working so hard at this because i understand what what it takes to put it into an event and then not being able to enjoy it on the front end what were some of your mental state emotions on that thursday as games are tipping off and you're sitting at home Mm. Uh, billy it got a little um got a little dark uh, to be honest with you I love my job as a high school athletic director. I get to have my hands in a lot of sports um, and I care about all sports and my training is as a basketball coach and to be able to pour blood, sweat and tears and finances and and to to really have cranked this thing out uh, to get it to where it is with the help of a lot of people and to be sitting (laughs) at my kitchen island was just like, Man, like for in this case too, Yarrick Stoneman, who's the head coach at Oak Hill, was our head coach for the last six years. He's my guy, and I'm like, I can't even give him a hug. I'm sitting here at my house, you know. So it was just a a weird. You know, we we do this event just to create, and I know I do it to create a lot of connection and fun for the community and kids and da da da. And and I just couldn't be there to enjoy it. And I would also say, as dark as it got it did give me perspective of like, wait a minute, like I, I do some pretty cool stuff serving other people. And I've known this event has created memories for people and families that bring their kids to the games and all that. But being able to just sit and watch it, it put me in that seat. And I've realized like, oh, this really is, this is a cool event for a lot of people. And it's cool that I'm involved in it. And it's cool that I've had some vision about it. And um, and invited a lot of people into this this thing to make it really grow. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a good question, Billy, because it got dark, but it also it was kind of fun to be an observer and say, "Well, this is pretty. This is a pretty cool event." So you use the word perspective that walks me into my next question for you because I believe that your position determines your perspective, and your position can be a physical location or it can be your mindset, right? Either way, and in our roles running tournaments, we are boots on the ground, involved with everything. So your position changed this year and you're in a different physical and mental state for this. So I'm curious about something that 
changed because your position and your perspective changed and you saw something from a different lens. And to let you marinate on it, I'll share my example real quick with you. Whenever the games get done, for me, Friday night, we get cleaned up, everybody leaves. I sit in the gym. That's my Zen time. I work on social media stuff for the next day, whatever needs to be done. And I was sitting there and we had had some stereo issues Friday night with some crackling in the speaker and it was driving me crazy. I could not figure out what it was. And during the event, right, you're trying to figure it out. But it took me that time to step back, relax, not have people talking to me constantly to be able to find the perspective and realize what the problem was, fixed it, didn't have it the next day. So I'm curious if you have a moment like that where your perspective was able to change because you're you were in a different location, essentially. Yeah, you know, Billy, man, um, I was listening to uh, Jocko Willink and um, he's Andrew Huberman. Uh, do a four-hour podcast, which is unbelievable. These people that can talk for four hours and get content that is just compelling. I didn't listen to it all at four hours, but they told a couple of different stories, especially Jocko from the Navy SEAL perspective of, I believe what you're talking about, instead of looking down the sight of a weapon or being uh, in a prone position and being able to, to, to stand up and look in a training exercise and say, well, it looks so clear when I'm standing up or when I have a different perspective instead of now when I'm in the, in the minutia. Um, so I think of that when you ask me that question, I'm trying to think of one uh, example this year that really gave me having that perspective that I don't have to be there doing everything or trying to do everything myself. Like I, I've, I've been through that and maybe, yeah, that's probably the answer that I would give is that I'm, I'm a doer. Um, and when I see a problem or I see something needs to be done, I'm, I'm usually, I'm the first one to do I, Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. And, and that's a fault. And so to be able to look at the, I don't know, I forgot it was 15, called 15 USC interns that signed up because they wanted to be doing things. They wanted to be in the minutia. And for me to be able to say, Hey, Joe, here's the list. Hey, Tom, what a, it was my intern for this first semester. I need you to do this, this, and this, and this, and for them to go do it. And for me not to feel like I, you know, I have to hawk over them and say, did you do it? Did you, did you do it the way I would do it? No, they didn't do it the way I did it. I would do it. And it was great. It was fine. So like just realizing that I'm not as important as I think I am. Um, one, that's one angle at it. And the other angle is that can I allow other people to have the experience that I had 10 years ago or shoot, even 20, 25 years ago when I was a student manager or GA and filling up water bottles and wiping up sweat and throwing bags on airplanes and doing all that stuff that I do, 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 do. Now, can I step back at my kitchen counter, my kitchen aisle and say, y'all do it <laughs> and uh, give them the experience. And I think that was the, that's probably the, one of the biggest learning curves for me is to watch. And especially Tom, I saw Tom um, Friday and especially Saturday. Tom, Tom looked rough. Uh, Tom's 22, uh, senior in college, and he just he just essentially ran a national event uh, in my absence with Joe, and he was tired. <laughs> and I know that he's got a lot out of it. I told him when he gets back to town, we'll take him to dinner. I want to hear what he what he learned. But uh, yeah, does that answer your question, Billy Kegley? Yeah, it absolutely does answer my question, and and that's interesting because you and I have the same perspective on being doers and wanting to do things and, and feeling like we're not accomplishing anything if we're not moving or being active. 
And to be able to step back and understand that we are doing something by giving other people the opportunity to learn and grow as Tom was able to do. And and it's funny because I've already started planning for next year the people I want to have in place to take on larger roles so I can actually watch some of the games because I was kind of envious of you because you actually probably got to watch a live stream of a game, whereas I'm actually at the gym and I watch essentially no basketball. I've watched two games since then from the recording that I have of them, and I've got three more to watch. And next year, it's always my goal to to be more in the moment of the event. So I'm definitely jealous of you that, but I don't envy the position you were in this year. So moving forward to next year, then what's something you're going to change that happened this year, just out of happy accident, essentially. My goal is to be there physically to be there, but to (laughs) be able to have that hands off approach and do the things that, that honestly, and I think you can, you know this, and a lot of your listeners probably know this too. Do the things that athletic directors need to do. Where this year, when I when I got back on Friday, uh, especially Saturday, when I was feeling a little bit better, but I told myself like, just slow down. Like normally, I'm doing about thirty two thousand steps a, a day on these days. I mean, these long days, and I don't need to be doing thirty two thousand steps a day. I hope this is just audio only podcast. But anyway, um, but. I, I was able to slow down and I saw one of our big donors. He buys a ton of VIP seats every year. And I always try to speak to him and make him feel special. But I, I really just made it a point to just sit and talk, handed him some stuff and just, hey, man, I really appreciate what you do for this event. You help us do that, this kind of stuff. And I want to do more of that. And I honestly, I need to do more of that while everybody else is doing and playing their roles and helping the teams feel special and the fans and the players, everybody doing those types of things. And so uh, my, my hope is that knock on, on, on wood here, that I'll be able to set the vision, set the mission, uh, say, hey, these are the expectations. These are the things that we need to get done. Now, y'all go do them. Do them in the way that you would do them. Um, and that's, that's my hope. All right. So what are the dates for next year's event? Do you know already? Oh, shoot, Billy, I do. We are December 15th and 16th, so I'm guessing you're the week before, 7th, 8th, 9th? That's right, yeah, 7th, 8th, and 9th, that's right. So back to our traditional two weeks after Thanksgiving, yeah. Because, you know, being in opposite states, we were really competing against each other, let me tell you a lot. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So what's something new you have in store for your event? next year if you're willing to share and let a secret out of the bag that that you haven't maybe done before you're going to do differently yeah you know we i don't have anything really brand new to think about right now billy um we're uh, we'll be looking for a new um streaming partner uh we had we had four good years with baller and maybe they'll be the ones to come back in Um, but i've I've had some really big ideas of some things that i want to be able to do with that um and We've fallen a little bit short in that. So that's one area that I'd love to be able to ramp up because the event's so special to us in Northeast Columbia. Uh, we bring people from around the area and from around the states, uh, local states, but I'd love to be able to show people in Wisconsin, like, dude, look at the DJ here, really experience, you know, just things like that. So that's, uh, that's something that I'd like to ramp up. But in terms of something that's new right now, Billy, that's a great question, but I will tell you, 
whenever I do think of something, if I do think of something, I will be uh, letting you know. That's for sure. Yes, we're very good at sharing sharing our thoughts and ideas with each other, and you've been a great help to me. So let's get you out of here on a non-topic related question. Use your imagination a bit for me. And if you okay. open a refrigerator and you look inside that refrigerator, what one item in that refrigerator best tells the story of Brian Rosefield and who you are as a person? Wow. What one item? I was trying I was trying to guess where you're going that. I was thinking what item would you not throw away? Um, and I was thinking mayonnaise, but maybe that's the answer to this one too. Like it just, just mayonnaise. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I put mayonnaise on everything. Um, uh, yeah. What one item would describe me? Um, man, Billy Kegel, you are, you are a master at asking questions. I don't have a good answer for you. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to stick with the mayonnaise probably just for the nostalgic reasons. That was a, a, a big food item when I was a kid growing up, dad cutting up tomatoes and putting mayonnaise on there. I'm a, I'm a feelings guy. I think you know that. I'm, I'm, um, I like to think deeply. So yeah, I'm going to go mayonnaise just for the nostalgic and I, I miss my dad and I miss those, uh, uh, tomatoes and, and mayonnaise. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing with us. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the bash has to offer next year. And I always love following the bash hoops on social media to see all the great content you guys put out. So best of luck in planning for next year. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate you having me back, man.